0: what brings a community together shared insights shared conversations welcome to open door by cox communities tackling the big questions on the minds of smart community business leaders Welcome back to Open Door by Cox Communities, where we're providing information for you to consider when making decisions for your multifamily communities. Discover the latest trends and technologies that are making some multifamily business owners stand out. I'm your host, Bess Friedman, CEO of Brown Harris Stevens. From locks to vacuums to refrigerators to radios, smart devices and the Internet of Things are enabling a new kind of connectivity and convenience in homes. Here to discuss how the rise of the Internet of Things, also known as IOT, is impacting resident expectations is Product Director at Cox Communities, Lalit Fatia, and President and PB Bell, Debbie Willis. Welcome, Debbie and Lalit. Welcome, Lalit Patia and Debbie Willis here today to talk to us a little bit about the Internet of Things. But Debbie, why don't we start with you? Where does this podcast find you? I am in Phoenix, Arizona. And tell us just a little bit about what you do. I work for a
1: family owned property management and development company that has been active in the Phoenix metropolitan area for over 45 years and I've been with that company for 39 of those 45 years. So wow. we kind of consider ourselves the local expert and we work with individuals and large investors and we develop and manage in all of the submarkets in Phoenix, Arizona. So it's great to be in property management right now because the market is booming. That's for sure.
0: I know what you mean. We're in, I'm in New York City and we have the same. It's a little bit chaotic right now. So, Lalit, where does this podcast find you?
2: Beth, I'm in uh, Atlanta, Georgia.
0: Great. Well, you also have to tell us a little bit about what you do.
2: I am with, uh, with Cox Communications. I've been with Cox for about 12 years now. I am the uh, Senior Director of Product Development and Management for Cox Communities. My responsibilities entail product strategy, development, wow. lifecycle management of uh, products for the multifamily and the uh, single family new build segments within Cox.
0: Great. Well, welcome to both of you. And thank you, because I am sure you're going to educate us a little bit about what you do and how we can apply it to everyday life. So what we're talking about to start is the adoption of the Internet of Things and how it's accelerated and how it seems like we are all connected to everything all the time. Can you talk to us a little bit and how you see that trend playing out in the multifamily space as of late.
1: Well, I'll go ahead and start. The Internet of Things has been on everybody's mind, I think, for many, many years. And I think, at least in the Arizona market, kind of hesitated in jumping in. I think we never really felt that there was a product that had been around long enough. And so we were kind of dabbling in it and and seeing what we wanted to do, and and then COVID hit, and kind of catapult us into this new world of kind of you know, as as Caesar Milan, if anybody's a Caesar Milan fan, the dog whisperer, his saying is no touch, no talk, no eye contact, and it was like we were yeah. we were almost <laughs> catapulted into that kind of a world. And in order to continue doing business, we had to do something about self guided tours. Because our offices had to be closed. And so that was really what really pushed us is getting involved with Cox Communications. We, we, they actually helped us with this is, is to set that program up. We, you, you had to think of everything. It had to be integrated with our software. We had to have door locks that people could get access to. We had to give. Tour routes, you know, they had to be able to sign up online uh, and in a calendar. They had to be able to give their uh, their photo IDs and so forth through this whole process. And so, we were really scrambling to get it done. But you know, with that, it just kind of pushed us, and then that just started it, and it just started us down that road to continue with Internet of Things, smart homes, and now we're deep deep in it and can't stop, and it's great.
0: Well, Debbie, you said that the pandemic sort of really accelerated everything because all of us were stuck at home. Even though we were working, we were trying to, like you said, do tours. Lalit, would you agree with with that? How would you like to comment about what Debbie said regarding the internet of things and multifamily space?
2: You know, I totally agree. As a matter of fact, like Debbie said, we've been working hand and hand on uh, some of the uh, use cases for IoT. But let me let me start with a broader approach first for internet and IoT. Yeah. You know, with the prevalence of smartphones and social media and apps galore, our day to day interactions have become a whole lot more digital in nature. And due to this, people want amenities in their homes that are focused on technology. Yeah. So to give you some examples, people want high speed internet for remote work and online classes, and they want to be able to carry their internet outdoors so that they can work in the common areas, in the clubhouses, uh, near pools. Essentially what they want is they want a feeling of a limitless and an expanded workspace. In addition to that, and besides the internet, residents and homeowners want to walk into smart homes where devices are already pre-installed. They want smart light switches. They want uh, smart thermostats for convenience. They want window and door sensors and uh, smart locks for security. And they want to be able to control all of these devices when they're in their homes and when they're away. You know, they want to be able to run sequences and routines to automate some of these mundane tasks. So to give you some examples, when I leave my home, I want to be able to make sure that I'm automatically turning down my lights and my thermostats because I'm not home. When I come back home at six o'clock in the evening from work, I want my space to be lit up and my thermostat to be adjusted 30 minutes before I enter so that I walk into a comfortable and a cozy environment. Or when I'm away from home at work, I want to give access to my dog walker at three o'clock in the afternoon every day so that they could get access to my unit and walk the dog, yeah? So all of this technology requires homes that are ready for wireless connectivity. And if I were to continue in the vein of what technology residents want and, you know, the prevalence of, uh, of smart homes and IoT, they want to be able to activate this connectivity instantly without waiting for a field tech or having to wait for a device to show up at their unit or have a device shipped to them, yeah? So to sum it all up, pre-enabled technology and amenities make homes appealing for homeowners and residents and renters. And in turn, these homes... Can command higher prices and higher rent premiums.
0: Well, what infrastructure is needed to be able to set this up? Like, what do you need to do?
2: From an IoT standpoint?
0: Yes. I mean, if you, let's say that you want to be able to, I live in an apartment, apartment building is very popular as you can imagine in New York City. And not every home is equipped in the way you can get it, the technology where you can control your thermostat, the locks you know, all those sorts of things. So I know some people have, I personally don't have all of that. How do you enable, if you want to have a smart home, what would you need to do?
2: Sure, sure. So the use cases that we want to enable is not only for the residents, but also for the property staff, you know, for Debbie's leasing managers, for the property staff who manages this, these units. And from an infrastructure standpoint, for starters, we need to install these smart devices in the property. And then we need to be able to tie all these devices together, connecting it to systems and tools that can provide visibility of these units to the property staff, so that the staff can remotely manage these routines and sequences. And then we talked about the residents being able to control these devices as well, yeah? So when the residents move in, or when a unit is leased, we want the property staff to be able to transfer control of these devices to the resident and this is done you know, through the dashboard, through the property management system, where you trigger a move in and automatically a resident gets notification to download a mobile app to control these devices. Now, internet access and wiring to the units is very important infrastructure need. And this access should be enabled not only for the devices to communicate with one another, but there should also be elements of uh, security to prevent security breaches and proactive monitoring so that we could stay on top of upgrades and platform changes and outages, you know, promptly and proactively and get the network up if there's an outage. So from an infrastructure need standpoint, what really is needed is smart devices, a technology platform that ties these devices together and makes it visible to the owners and residents. And this solution should be powered by internet access that is insulated from security hacks and proactively monitored for upgrades and changes.
0: Got it. Debbie, I know at PB Bell that you recently, you launched or completed a pilot for, it was the internet of things pilot. I'm wondering how did that go? What were some of the things that you guys learned from that?
1: Well, to go right after what Lalit just said, one of the things that we knew right up front was that we didn't want to know about any of what he just said. <laughs> we, we did not want to have to manage the back end. That's not what we do. I, you know, I don't want my my onsite people to have to worry about any of what he was just talking about. You know, that we have to worry about their homes and the customer service and you know, providing great customer service and and to continue to lease apartments. So. You know, to us, it was so important to find a partner that was going to manage that back end and we didn't have to do it. And so that that was our number one concern is find somebody that had a product that integrated with our software, that had the infrastructure that we knew was going to work. There's nothing worse than to have a product for your prospects or your residents that doesn't work, that, you know, that... Technology can really frustrate people and you can lose them through that. So we knew we had to have a proven product, a proven company that was going to come in and make sure that we had a good product. So we that was number one. And then I asked for several things as far as an app was concerned, simply because we have a lot of different amenities and services in our communities. And I wanted to eventually be able to tie that all together. I don't want my residents to all have a lot of different apps. And so Mm -hmm. through working with this and, you know, we, we spent, I think we spent four years, Lala, I think it was talking about this product and what we were going to wind up with, but it finally came to fruition and we put it in one of our lease up properties. So it was a, a smart home product. We got to market it as a smart home product. We had door locks, thermostats, and lights. Wow. We leased up a 300 unit community in 10 months. Now, granted, our market is very hot right now, but I truly believe that the fact that we were able to market these apartments as being smart homes made a huge difference. We were at the top of the submarket in rents. We charged an amenity fee on top of the rents that included our cost for this service. And then to be able to rent up 300 units in 10 months was, you know, just unheard of.
0: But De- Debbie, I'm curious, what is the age range? It was it is it all over the board for those 300 units?
1: It is. Phoenix is an interesting market. Years ago our our predominant age used to be probably 32. But, you know, as the boomers have aged, they're becoming a very large part of our demographic. So yes, we've got 20-year-olds, we've got 70-year-olds. And every project that we have in every different sub-market in the Phoenix metropolitan area, I mean, the majority of the demographic is younger, probably in the the mid-30s, but we do have the older demographic. And the beautiful thing about that is that some older folks can be a little intimidated by technology. (laughs) But this... I know I have been, but this product is so easy to use. And we made sure that it was easy. We made sure that they understood it. And we told them, you have to pay for this amenity because it's in all the units. But if you choose not to use it, you don't have to. Because the door locks, for instance, you could use a key. If you didn't want to use your your smartphone, and so right. we had to be very sensitive to our demographic. If there were people that were intimidated by it, that we took the time to explain it. But like I said, it was very easy to use, and and the surveys that we did, a professional surveys that we did of our residents, I think it was like eighty one percent felt that it brought a higher value to their living. Seventy percent said they were using it on a daily basis, and. From our perspective, it was another amenity. It was just like a pool or a gym. It was really another amenity.
0: Well, Debbie, you had mentioned Cesar Milan and that no touch, no talk. And, you know, I wonder do you ever worry about this sort of like no talking, no touching way of living? I mean, during the pandemic, we all were Zooming because we didn't have a choice for the most part. And I think as human beings, You know, we are really meant to be together and talk and touch and do. And so does that ever concern you that we're turning into this new or, Lala, does it ever worry you that we're becoming sort of paperless, touchless, talkless, you know, cultureless, perhaps? Does that ever concern you?
2: You know, it does. We're sort of becoming robots, machine-like. But again, I mean, given, like I mentioned earlier, given the... uh, digital nature of our interactions, that's where people are headed. COVID, like Debbie mentioned, uh elevated certain use cases that prompted us to act and act fast. Uh, she talked about uh, prospect tours, and mm. that was a big one. Now, the concept of prospect tours always existed. COVID elevated its importance. And when I say prospect tours, I mean self-guided prospect tours, because property owners have always been looking at new ways to have prospects to their properties with uh, minimal to no interaction with property staff. And when COVID hit and with the property staff, when they started working remotely, there were not very many who could meet up with prospects on site, escort them to the property, give them a tour, answer their questions. And from a prospect standpoint, as far as they were concerned, they wanted to go through the entire journey Mm. of scheduling, visiting the property, getting access to the property and the units, posing the questions and leaving feedback, all without having to interact with the person. Wow. So self-guided prospect tours enabled with IoTs and other use case that we were able to enable with uh, the with Spilot and that's, that was the need of the hour.
1: That was the need of the hour. But what's really interesting right now is I was at one of our lease ups last week and I I asked her, I said, Are you still getting a lot of self-guided tours? And she said, Absolutely. Our offices have been open, business as usual f- for several months, but she still has a lot of people that prefer to do a self-guided tour. And you know, back to your original question of does that concern me? And it does, but I think it's because I'm a mature demographic, I because that's just how it wasn't how I've been or how I've grown up. But I do notice that there's like this 50% of their time they want to be no talk, no touch, no eye contact, but they want to be in a room with a bunch of other people that are not that are doing that same thing. So, so, I mean, we're building a lot of amenities that have large areas where they can all come and sit and not talk to one another. But that just seems to be what they want to do.
0: Lalit, I have a question for you. What is the service provider's role in MDU lot services?
2: Well, I think, um, you know, we've established during the course of our conversation so far that IoT can help with a multitude of use cases. You know, it can help property staff improve efficiencies, gain productivity. We talked a bunch about self-guided tours. It takes the, the task of scheduling tours and touring prospects on the property, takes that task away from them and makes them a little bit more productive. They can get a lot of insights on how the common areas are being used. So there are a lot of use cases and problems that IOTs can solve. A property owner needs to take stock of what they're looking for in an IOT solution. What are the different use cases? What are the problems that they wanna go after? Is it one problem or a multitude of problems? Because uh, depending on what use cases they want to enable, each case or multitude of use cases has cost, device type, connectivity requirements associated with it. And that's where uh, a solution provider could come in and help consult with the owner on the various possibilities and the corresponding benefits and help in defining the problem statement. And then based on this, The provider can then guide the owner on a device strategy, set up a solution with the right tools for the property staff and residents, ensure that the tools are fully integrated with the PMSs. And I know Debbie will agree with me when I say this, because huge proponent of this, we don't want property staff to be managing multiple tools and systems, one for their regular maintenance and management of the property and the units, and the other one for IoT. We want all of them to be combined into one. So a solution that fully integrates the IoT components into a software that the property staff are used to using is paramount. And given all of this, the provider can then guide the owner on a connectivity strategy. You know, if it's a new build, if it's a new construction, a provider can proactively communicate needs for telco closets or temperature hardened external lock boxes because that's where the guts of our connectivity systems go access lines into units you know cat 6 lines running into units media panels in units so we can provide all of this these needs for the new build and finally a service provider the onus is on the service provider to ensure that they provide guarantees and service levels for access and support and live up to those SLAs so net net for an IoT solution to be successful a service provider should partner with the property owner through the entire journey of problem identification to install and provide continuous support once a solution is up and running.
0: So for the consumer, let's say that the consumer decides, okay, I want to take the leap in. I want to like have a smart home. I want to have everything integrated. What's the process? What does one do if you're in a multifamily unit building? How does that work?
2: It's very seamless, Bess. They don't have to do anything. When they move in, they get notified that you're moving into a smart apartment. They get an email. There's a link in that email to an app store, Android or iOS. They click on it. They download a mobile app, enter their credentials, and they've got control of smart devices.
0: So you're saying it has to be set up like the building has to be set up this way? Because I'm thinking, for example, about the landscape of New York City and a lot of these buildings that are pre-war and different things. You know, I'm certain there's a way for individual homeowners to set up their home because I have friends who have their home set up accordingly. It doesn't have to be ground up, right?
2: So when you say ground up, you mean they're constructing or they're moving into? Yeah, because
0: a lot of residents are moving into apartment buildings that are pre-war buildings, but they set up their homes in the smart home fashion and that they have technology that turns on the temperature. I don't know about the lock thing. I have not seen that except for, for new developments, new buildings. So, I'm wondering how would someone, an individual, if they wanted to get their home set up individually, they could do that as well, right? They could co- coordinate with Cox to get that set up.
2: Oh, absolutely. We've got retail solutions as well. The one that we've been talking about is a solution geared towards multifamily properties, but we've got a retail solution as well called Cox Home Life, which has an automation component associated with it. And the devices that they choose to take from Cox for Internet also has you know, pre-built systems and intelligence for smart devices. They can procure the smart devices from Cox and the internet device that they have for the connectivity, and the devices can talk to one another. And through an app from Cox, they can control the smart of the devices. And even if it is, if the building is fairly dated in construction, it would have infrastructure for connectivity. It may not be fiber. It'll be DOCSIS. That should help enable an IoT solution as well for an individual homeowner.
0: What would either of you say about the future of IoT? What do you think is coming? Is there anything coming next that we should look forward
1: to? What do you foresee? From my perspective, I think it's just more of the same. It, to your point, Bess, you said earlier, you know, this the the speed of this world is not going to change. It's going to continue to be more technology. From my perspective, this has been very exciting for us because our renters have always seen homeownership have the bells and whistles, whereas I rented an apartment, I get four vanilla walls, I don't get anything special. And so all of a sudden, here we are in multifamily, they're getting something special. They're getting the smart home packages. They now have a more sophisticated home that they can be more proud of and From my perspective, that's good because if they're proud of their home and they really like it, they're not going to move as often. And so my turnover gets reduced and I save costs. You know, they feel better about their home and I save costs. And so I just think regardless of your age, regardless of what generation we're in, where the world is in, home is it. Home is what's important. And so in always improving that home. You know whether it's finishes, whether it's technology, whether it's I want you know some years people want bigger, some years they want smaller. So you know always being able to be responsive to that is you know what we look at you know from a development standpoint is is what's so important is is you know to provide a good home for people.
2: Yeah,
0: Violet, would you like to respond in any way?
2: I'll talk about the uh, the possibilities for IoT from a multifamily setting. We've talked at length about enabling use cases for proactive management of of units. Besides management of units, property staff can also get intelligent about water leak damages and get ahead of them so that they don't before they're on their course. They can rectify them immediately. We also talked about making the property staff more em- efficient in management of their units without having to run back and forth between the leasing office and the units to do these manual and uh, menial tasks. But there are a whole lot of other use cases that can be enabled with IoT. You know, parking management comes to mind. You can uh, set up IoT sensors and determine where the parking spaces are located. And then this data can be collected and analyzed in real time to produce a map of all available spaces. And then the property staff can intelligently and proactively activate or allocate spots to residents near their units. Now this improves customer experience. And if, if a property chooses, they can, you know, have dynamic pricing policies for parking and charge a premium for, you know, desirable and coveted spots. With the help of IOT, some of the other use cases that come to mind, property staff can pull data on the use of uh, the amenities and make intelligent decisions. For example, if data from last year showed that there was a drop in pool usage. They could choose to shut down the pool earlier to save on costs, yeah? On the same lines, you could have sensors installed in the various locations of the property that track foot traffic. And this provides insights to the owner on what amenities or locations on the property to focus their attention on from a renovation standpoint to save on costs and allocate funds accordingly package management in a multifamily that could be you know, a pain to manage. Leasing offices are typically open Monday through Friday. And if a package comes on a Saturday, the residents have to wait till the office is open on Monday to get their packages. But if you have smart lock boxes and can notify residents when a package arrives, they can come and collect packages whenever they want, don't have to wait and sip through packages in the leasing office. I was reading the other day either in Chicago or Denver, a multifamily operator set up meal delivery pods. These are smart temperature control boxes where restaurants can deliver meals and notify residents when their meals arrive so that they could come to the pod and collect their food. That's cool. So a host of applications uh, can be enabled with IoT. I think we've just begun to skim the surface. We can do a whole lot more and make living a whole lot more convenient for residents.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy. All the things that you can do that you we are doing and and are going to do. Well, in closing, I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to add about IoT. It's it's still blows my mind about the locks, about the temperature, about the everything that you can do today makes it so easy for people, convenient and gives you more time. I guess for yourself so that you don't have to get caught up doing things if technology can do it for you but i want to in closing if there's anything else that you want to say before we say goodbye it's for me it's been very informative
1: i think one thing i would like to add that we have found that was a an added benefit that we didn't know was going to be and and it's not just the smart apartment but just our talk here today was the internet of things you know the connectivity and and i'm finding that because we have been progressive as a company with technology that I'm able to hire and retain better employees because they want that, you know, they, they want the latest technology. And when you say that you are doing those kind of things, that, that younger generation that we're trying to hire their, their eyes light up that, you know, you have that. So I, it was, it was a, an added benefit that we hadn't even thought of that. I think people should consider.
2: Yeah. That's an interesting um, point. I hadn't thought of it that way. You know, retaining staff and just because we've got technology on site, that's brilliant. But again, from my standpoint, in closing and summary of all that we've talked through, best is uh, IoT can solve a host of problems, hosts of use cases, make multifamily operators very efficient, improve productivity, raise rent premium. Residents walk into smart homes. From a resident standpoint, there may be fraud for friction. Well, I don't want to bring a light switch and install it because I'm going to be there for a short period of time. For a year at the most, I'm going to have to leave my smart lock. I'm going to have to leave my smart switch. They don't have to think about all of that. But more importantly, I think it's uh, of paramount importance that we partner, the provider and the property owners, we partner together to understand uh, what solutions we want to enable. And we stay a- ahead of those solutions and make sure that as we build new properties, we're mindful of those these conveniences that we want to introduce, these efficiencies that we want to introduce so that we're set up for success.
0: I agree with that. Well, thank you both Debbie and Lalit for being here today and for giving us an education on IoT or Internet of Things as you call it, and I hope that you're both doing well and thank you for chatting with us here
1: today. Thank you, Bess. It's good to see you, Lalit.
2: Good to see you too, Debbie. Always.
0: Thanks so much to Lala and Debbie for being on the show today and talking tech with us. Sometimes it seems like the connected world of the Jetsons isn't as far off as we thought. Did you know that if you have a smart speaker like an Amazon Echo, you can listen to Open Door just by saying, Alexa, play the podcast Open Door by Cox Communities. Isn't the future great? Be sure to leave a review wherever you're listening and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm Beth Friedman, and this has been Open Door, brought to you by Cox Communities.